dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs today. We are with Margie and Harold, her sweet little dog who I happened to find on Instagram popping out, looking at me with big eyes. And I thought, oh, that's a chatty dog. I want to talk to Harold. And I emailed you and we worked it out. And I have purposely not looked at your profile to learn much more about him because I'd like to know very little about the dogs. So we're just going to start with you telling me a little bit about Harold, just the facts. He lives with you and your girlfriend and you have a kitty, Adrian, who's 16. And how old is Harold? Harold, um, we think he's about 12. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what his paper said. The vet thought he might be a little bit younger. So eight to 12, I would say. Okay. And how long has he lived with you? Since March. Okay. All right. And have you worked with an animal communicator before? No, I did. Um, we're in a mastermind with someone who does a lot of energy work and she does some animal communicating. So she did a little bit, but that was without like looking at his picture or anything. So she was, she was like, I don't know how accurate this will be. Um, but just from like talking to me about him, she like got some stuff that she told me, which was cool. Okay. So it is possible to do it without looking at an animal. It's just sort of tuning in. I like to look at the animal's eyes. For me, that makes a big difference. So we are not doing video. I'm looking at the picture that you sent me of Harold. And you asked when you sent him, which I thought was funny, more pictures of the cat than you did Harold. (laughs) Actually, you sent two. But you sent quite a bit of the cat. So I know the cat's important to you, but I am going to start with Harold. And I'm looking at the picture of Harold. And it's funny because I looked at the first picture of Harold and then I saw him and he was chatty and it was different than the one I'd seen on Instagram. So it it was the same one. It's it's chatty. He's in someone else's arms, but he's looking Mm -hmm. at the camera. He's very content. And then I see the two cat pictures Mm -hmm. and I had read your note and you were asking about the cat, which was fine, but it was funny because people usually want to know just about the one animal. And then I got the picture of Harold and he goes enough about the cat. So (laughs) I think, so that was funny because he, he does feel that way about the cat enough about the cat at times. And he likes to be center stage as much as he can. He says he's been through a lot. He goes, I've been through hell and back. And I, and he's just saying that I, not all rescue situations, dogs have been through hell and back, but his perspective of what hell and back was is, you know, it may be that it's not as a pampered life as he now has because he really likes to 
milk you gals for the best he can get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's definitely he, true. He likes a certain, he's accustomed to a certain lifestyle at this point. <laughs> and it wasn't like that before, but he doesn't want you to get any, he, I'm hearing him say, I don't want you to get any big ideas that you can let up on the good life with me. <laughs> and so his version just because I've worked with rescues and I know that there's so many great people there that not all dogs that come from rescues have been through hell and back, you know, yeah. some have, but, but Harold's perspective is he's got the good life. He's in the lap of luxury and he doesn't want, he's talking to me. He goes, I don't want you to mess this up for me. So he's very much loving his life with you. He loves everything that you do to pamper him. You both do different things. Often it will come up that one person in the household does one thing or is more attentive and the other person might be good for the walks, but doesn't do as much else. And and the dog, he, Harold is like, you guys just spoil him all the way around and he loves it. He, you do very, you do different things. He has different relationships with you, which is very common. But what is not as common is that you both spoil him. Yes. And he's like, he, he, he doesn't want me to mess this up and have be busted that he's getting a lot of pampering. Oh, we, we know he gets a lot of pampering. We like it. We do both spoil him a lot and yeah, nothing would mess that up. Okay. So he likes the, he says, fine, I'll go on. He he doesn't like it so much that he's, he's sort of amusing. He, he's cautious with me because he's, he likes his secrets. Oh gosh. He's a little thief. He, he likes to be able to get into mischief. He doesn't call it mischief, but he steals food and he mooches for, he, he likes to help himself is what he says. Yeah, he d- he does like to try and get into the cat food, and he has been successful a couple times. <laughs> yeah, he says it's helping himself. It tastes good, and, and I'm telling him, well, you know, it's not bad. It's bad for you. It's bad for dogs to eat cat food. Yes, it has different. And he says, I know it, he knows it's not good. He knows he gets a stomach upset. So I'm feeling sort of nauseous and constricted in my belly. And he, cause he, that's him. He gets uncomfortable. I feel it sort of in my throat when he eats the cat food, but he likes the taste going down. He says, yes, he does. Um, he's only gotten into the cat food twice since we've had him and it won't happen again because we did figure out what the issue with the gate was how he was getting through it but yes he gets very bad stomach distress after it's happened both times and there's a lot of panting and yeah it's definitely it definitely doesn't feel good but to him apparently it's worth it The flavor, no, I mean, I felt like this choking in my throat. It's not comfortable at all, but he likes the flavor of it so much. It's just different and he salivates differently and he says it's just, it's heaven on earth. Oh my gosh. He's, he's a character. He really is. He he is. He, he's cautious. He he wants, he will keep doing that with the cat food. He calls you, if you girls don't make the changes, he goes, I'm going to keep going for it. Cause I just, he's like an old man in a way. Yes. Uh, no offense, but he, he's like, I'm, I'm just going to go for, it. I've lived my life. I I'm not like he's ill and he's like winding down by any means. He's like, I've lived my life. I know the good stuff. I'm going to live it well. 
is, and so if I want the cat food, I'm going to go help myself because. Yep. That sounds, that sounds like him. (laughs) And so he, he, he really, that's a big thing to him that he loves. He loves. I, I like to tune in with what they like a lot. Okay. So what else, Harold? Oh, he says, well, there are just so many things. He likes the outings. You take him outside. He loves the park. He's, he sees it. He gets, he sees it as his, his public life is when he leaves the house and he sort of starts to strut and go out and becomes like a different dog. And it's, that is also very important to him. He, he's a homebody in some ways, but then he takes it very seriously when he goes out to the park. It's just like, hello, it's a parade. Here I am. Yes. he. We try to take him basically everywhere as long as we can and it's safe. And even like the grocery store where technically you aren't allowed to take dogs, we'll sometimes take him there. So he does seem to really enjoy outings and we, we take him basically everywhere whenever we can. Yes. He likes that. He He's, he's the kind of, you know, there are people who will see a sign that says, no, whatever for, and, and they just walk by it. Like it doesn't apply to him. He feels that way about rules for him. So like going to the grocery <laughs> store, if no dogs are allowed, he, he just ignores that. Yes. He's not a rule follower. And it is true that he is kind of above the law because even places that aren't dog friendly, they always let him come in because he, he rides in the front pack a lot and he's so calm and well-behaved when he's out and he's so little that people really do kind of let him get away with anything. (laughs) Yeah. He, he says those rules don't apply to me and he's just not even interested in that discussion, but he, he, I keep coming back to this part, this vision of him in the park where he's not being carried and he loves strutting his stuff. He loves the, I guess because he's, oh, I see. Cause he's on the ground and he likes being carried where he's up at, you know, face level closer to people because he can do a different kind of work in connecting. He likes to connect with people yes. and let them, they come to him and just looking at him, they sort of take over and it, it, it's like, he's giving them a gift yes. that, he likes that. Do you want to say more? Do people tell you that he he's like a gift to them or they feel better after seeing him? Yes. And it's kind of people of all ages because when he is at the park, like strutting around, a lot of little kids will run up to him and really love him. And he's really good with them. But then I've had, you know, like grandparent age people, like almost crying and just like petting him and loving him so much. So yes, people, he really does seem to have an impact on people who see him and he's so good and gentle with them and they love it. And he says that he doesn't need to know why, like there are some, there are some dogs that do the same thing. Oh, look, he shakes hands or, oh, he can give a kiss. Harold doesn't need to do anything. Just his presence triggers whatever needs to be sort of healed or connected with that person just by who he is, which is interesting. That's so funny that you would say that because like he really is not a licker at all. And it's very rare that he'll like lick you or give you a kiss. And he's done that to me a couple times, one time recently. And it's like so special because he never does it. He's really not a licker. No, he says, well, that's because I'm a dog. And he, oh gosh, he's funny. He's like, kissing is for people. Dogs don't kiss, they lick. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't associate a lick as a kiss, probably because he uses a lick for the food. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. He's, he's like a gastronomical specialist and he needs his tongue for the food and other things. He doesn't associate that with love and affection, Mm -hmm. but he will, he will lick people when he feels that they need a kiss. Then he's like, okay, fine. I'll do it. Or they need, they need a sign of affection. Mm -hmm. He will lick but he's very selective about it. And he says he uses that rarely because there's, it's not that necessary. Yeah. So back to the park, cause he's not letting that go as much as he is a ambassador. It's not that his word. He, he works, he's like a therapy dog, you know, maybe therapy dog. I don't, I can't, I'm trying to figure out the word, but as much as he does, this is his word. As much as he does his magic with people when he's on the ground at the park is when he interacts with other dogs and he's not there to play. He likes to play, but he says he's, when he interacts with other dogs who sniff him, he's also helping them learn to be comfortable with other dogs. That's interesting. Cause he's really not good with other dogs. <laughs> like we, I don't take him to the dog park. We take him to a regular park, but there are sometimes dogs and he's lived with a lot of dogs in the past. But he overall, I would not say is very good with other dogs. He will sometimes like growl and bite other dogs, especially if they approach him too quickly or unexpectedly. But then there's certain dogs, if they're really calm, that they'll sniff each other and he like won't react to them. But I've never seen him bond with another dog or have any type of like loving interaction with another dog. It's, It's either indifference or kind of sassiness. He says he's not going to bond with other dogs. He's been there, done that. It doesn't work. I don't like it. That's not for me. Yes, that's why we're, we don't have another dog. <laughs> no, he, he, he says, but you have the cat. And he's, he's, he tolerates the cat because the cat was there first and he knows you're nuts about the cat. He doesn't really want to talk about the cat. What he, he wants to finish up, though, with this park thing that he helps... Because a lot of dogs that end up at parks are thinking that they're going to play with every dog. He says, I'm good for them to learn boundaries. He does teach boundaries to other dogs. That's very true. And he likes that. He likes, because that's his way of asserting himself. Yeah. Is that, I I guess he he must've had some experience and and I, I don't even try really to go back and try and say what happened, but he, he's not interested in bonding with other dogs and he's very done with that, but he does feel that his way of standing up to a bigger dog that scares him or whatever, because he's got, he, he totally trusts you that you're not going to let something happen. He is trying to assert himself by showing, Hey, don't, don't mess with me. Mm -hmm. And it works. And, and he's, he's, he sees it in a positive way that he's teaching those other dogs that you can't and, and dog owners, because dog owners sometimes, especially ones who go to the dog parks, they get used to the fact that, oh, dogs can play. Hey, you want to play? And not all dogs want to. And sometimes it's better to just say, hi, we're going to cross the street. My dog doesn't want to meet. And Harold likes to, to remind people to give Give us, give us dogs some space. Those who want it, mm-hmm. please respect us. So he likes, that's what he likes about going to the park and strutting in a parade, like a parade to show off. And he likes the sun and he's beautiful. 
and he likes the comments, but just as we might watch a parade, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can jump on the float and have fun with the dancers too. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. He wants people to look look at him and admire him from a distance, but it doesn't necessarily mean jump on the float with me. Mm -hmm. And he really does have a strut. It's very funny. Yeah. Especially for, he's got little legs. The picture that you send me, I don't see him. He's not walking in them. So, and I don't really see his legs, but he's got short little legs so that when he's it's strut is not, is the word he uses and the image and the feeling I get, but he's not a dog that you would, typically associate the word strut with. Yeah. I don't think. Do you? I mean, he does have a little strut. Like that is, he just, he has his, his chest is puffed out and he's just like super confident. And he, like the way he walks is very, it is kind of strutty. It's, it's funny. Yeah. But he's got, does he have little legs? Yes. So that's, yeah. Okay, good. It's Cause that's the, 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 I'm getting. Okay. So I'm going to take a breath. Because he was holding on to that park thing, but he says, definitely let's move on. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to know too. I mean, I know he's running the show as always, but like if if he has any insights about all the health issues he's been having, I'm really kind of at a loss for like how, I mean, we are dealing with it, but it's in a very reactive way and there's a, a really wide range of issues he's been having. So I'm just wondering like, is how he's feeling and if he's in distress about that or like if there's some like psychological thing or something that we could do differently that would help his health. Cause I know he loves being spoiled and I think the love is really good for him, but he's even with all the love he's still, and like the really high quality food and all that, he's still having these problems. Okay. So he said you nailed it on the head when you said you're reacting to it. He, and he he said it's funny because you girls are not nece- you don't live your life in a reactive way. Right. You're you're often very level headed. And again, we've never talked. So I and I I just this is what he's telling me. He says reactive is not the way to deal with this either. He yeah. says you know he says it's like you two need to take a breath, sit down, and listen and there are other ways to treat this mm-hmm. and you've just, you know what they are. They've been suggested the more holistic yeah. stuff. And he says, we need to try that because that's also how you live your lives frequently. Yeah. You're, you know that and, and reactive is not the way to heal this situation, whatever it is. So again, I know nothing and I don't want you to tell me any specific shit because I want to get what as much as I can that is directly from him. Mm-hmm. So he, he says, I, I get this image where he wants you to go sit. I, I, I guess uh, like my hands are in there. Like you have like one of you sits on one chair or like a couch and the other one is sitting across. So there's space between you and you can like let the energy of the room, like you, the reactive the reactive mole it's like molecules that they can just like sand that's been shook in a jar of water can settle to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when, when you do that to yourselves and in your room, then the, that top level where it's clear, you can breathe, you can think clearly and you can say, okay, now that we're calmer, this is what makes sense both for money in how you s- allocate the money for his treatment 
as well as the time, because some of it, you, I mean, you're driving, it's calls, it's waiting. So you put all of those issues, how much money you're going to spend, how you're going to allocate it and the time and who's taking him where, and even what you're doing at home, you will have a sense of what to do. Okay. Okay. So he said, he says, you've been given suggestions that you're not sure of trying. And he says, it's okay to try. And so he's breaking out the issues into like three lines. I have the wide range of issues and then I drew a line. So there's, there's three different things that you're dealing with is, and he's not, his distress is seeing both of you worry and worrying in different ways. And, and that's what bothers him more. It almost I don't know that it adds to it. That's what bothers him more is the uncertainty and the fear that he sees and the pain and the confusion. Mm -hmm. And he wants, it's like, he wants to calm that in you and then it calm, it'll calm him down. That's where his distress is. And when you asked whether it was psychological, some of it is because he's worried about you too. Like he sees part of his job, I guess, you're pampering him, which he loves, but he also sees that he has a, a role in the love that he gives for you. And he's so grateful because his life was very different wherever he was before that he, it, it gets like, he wants it to be the, the psychological stress to calm down so we can like finish strong, but he's not saying that he's dying soon. He doesn't see, he sees this as a health issue. Like when you need to burp and you need, or something needs to tr come out and be treated and then you feel better. He, he sees it's more something like that that needs to be treated so he can feel better. And I will do a body scan, Okay, but that's where his distress, his distress is more with the two of you and the uncertainty on what are we doing and, and decisions. He says, we need to make some decisions. Are you, are you trying to make some decisions? Um, kind of, I mean, at this point, we're really just like doing whatever the different, the vets and then the specialty vets are suggesting. Um, we did, mm -hmm. we have given him like, it's, I don't know if it's CBD. It was like a hemp extract pills that didn't really seem to do anything, but um, someone suggested exploring other CBD options for him as kind of like a holistic way to help him um, because he's been like really restless in the night and he's had all these other health issues. So we might try that. The other thing is um, we've been kind of unsure if we should get an MRI done. And um, it's the vet sort of on the fence. She said if it was her dog, she would probably do the MRI, but he needs to go under anesthesia for it. And it, she's, she said it's likely that we wouldn't even learn anything from it. Um, so it wouldn't even really change the course of treatment we're on right now. But so we are trying to make a decision about, I would say, the CBD and the MRI. Okay. So that's, that's he says right on. The CBD, the, do, the first thing he said, and I know about from my experience with CBD and I have not given, I just, I've never given CBD to my dogs. I've never felt the need to, but I know people who are big fans of it and use it in, in their work and CBD that it's really important to have the right dosage. And he is saying 
that check the dosage and keep talking to these people. You're on the right track that it can be very helpful, Mm -hmm. but the, the, the brand of CBD, there's so many variations. It's like anything, you know, you can say, I want a chocolate bar, you know, it's got chocolate in it, but there's such a range and CBD is the same way. Yeah. So you need to, and that's not, it's like, not just for you, but for, you know, anyone listening is that you really need to make sure if you're giving it to your animal, you know, is it safe for my animal? Because some animals are sensitive, just like people are sensitive to meds or essential oils or whatever. CBD, you want to make sure that you're using the right one for your dog, that if you're changing any other meds, that it's compatible, that it's compatible with your dog and how he's feeling that day. So I would keep, he's saying dosage. So I don't know that it's as much the brand that you're using, but check the dosage and when you're, how frequently, you know, again, it's like people, some people can have it or animals every three hours and some need it every six. Mm -hmm. So I include that in what he's saying about dosage. Okay. That makes sense. So that's, that's, that's a big thing, but keep exploring that track. Keep working with your vets and specialists for sure. Okay. Animal communications never to replace that. What I can say that I'm getting from him is that you have multiple opinions. Yes. And that's where it Okay. So that's where the two of you, and this, you know, I have a friend who had cancer and she was, she's like, I had no idea there were so many different treatment options. And my surgeon is telling me something different than my oncologist. Very different. What do I do? And unfortunately, that's just the challenge of being alive is that we get different opinions on big ticket items. And this is where you two are going to need to decide what you feel comfortable, which option. From Harold, I see the word holistic. He likes that. He likes the natural way for treatment. He says that you two feel comfortable with that. And you need to, just like in your business where you have a strong sense of discernment, we can pull through this with that same discernment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause like just in work, there are no guarantees when we make choices. It's the same with medical, but we have to make our choices with, you know, trusting the doctors. And that's, but at the end of the day, you still have to decide which treatment plan you're going to go with. And he is comfortable with you two deciding because you, oh gosh, he's sweet. He's like, mom knows best. Oh, yeah. So let me go in closer and at like a medical scan to see it. Okay. So it's like often I, I feel the body, but for him, I definitely, he's got such a strong spirit that like his spirit is fine. Uh, his weak point in his spirit is his concern for you, the two of you and your well being. And yeah, he goes in, he reluctantly, I'll admit the cat too. He does like the cat. Aww. He loves the cat. He says he does love the cat. So he cares about the cat's well being too. So that, so, but otherwise his, his, so that's his sensitive spot in his spirit issue is just his world is better. More, he says rock solid when like the four of you are good. Yeah. So physically his issues are not bothering him. It's like, ah, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting older. 
it's what it is. I'm still got my good looks. You know, you should see some of these other dogs kind of thing. (laughs) He really, he's sort of cocky, Yeah, but he says, so, so his distress is not from what he's going through. Sometimes the poking and prodding gets to him, but he goes, Hey, I'm a really good sport. I'm actually a model patient some of the time. Yeah. With certain people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he doesn't really consider the medical and I will keep going to get specific. So I'm sure you're wondering about that, but it's like trying to get into inside his body in, in, in tuning in is sort of hard because he has such a strong pure spirit and personality that it's like his body is not important to him other than his good looks. Excuse me. <laughs> yes. His good looks are key. So inside, once I can get through that, he says, yeah, there's some wear and tear. I can see, okay, I'm taking a breath. I can see like his liver hmm. has been through a lot. That's where I go to first. I see this liver. I don't, I'm, I'm just looking at it, but it's, but there's green, like healthy. I just, I've never been drawn to a liver in such a way. That's so weird. Cause his liver is actually one of the few organs that doesn't seem to have any problems. Well, that's weird because I see green on it, like it's health, like there's like moss growing on it, like so it's healthy, nurturing. That's what he wants me to, sh- I guess, because he wants me, he really wants to show health. And it, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm seeing his liver. His lungs get tired. They, I'm trying to get away from his, li- but his liver is like pulling me to focus on that. He, it's like his good looks. He, he wants to focus on, the good and in his liver with this green, he's like, look, look at the green moss and look, there's yellow. And I'm like, okay. That's so funny. So I'm asking. He, so I had a, a cat that, um, she died of liver cancer and that's why we uh-huh. a- adopted Harold because after I lost her, I realized like I really wanted another pet and I wanted a dog cause I didn't want to get another cat cause I just wasn't ready. Um, so like a month after mm-hmm. she passed from l- liver cancer, I got, Harold. Oh, well, that makes sense. See, that's amazing because that's why he wants to keep showing that his liver is fine. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> Thank you. His, his, that's funny. See, that's what I love about this is that he's so into reassuring you that his liver's okay. It's more his lung, his lungs get tired. Like, does he wheeze? Yes. He wheezes. It's like, and I get asthma, so I really know what that's like. Mine's environmental. His is not not environmental. They it's like they're smaller, and he he they he they work to to keep functioning. It's like a, there's a jellyfish in California, the Vela Vela, that has this sail flap, and it's like it's he's trying his lungs are are not there's like there's they're clear. I guess the medication keeps them clear, but they're smaller than the liver. Hmm. He doesn't, but the the lungs are okay. His issue. Oh, so I guess maybe it's the heart. His, his issue is pumping these lungs and that's why he gets wheezy or is the breathing. So, but his heart. Okay. So I'm I'm going around that area. He, his heart is good, but I'm like, well, Harold, is that because you're full of so much love and you don't want me to see anything? Because I know that you're having trouble breathing sometimes. It's not all the time. It's when he exerts himself, he says. Mm-hmm. 
Is that when he is when he tries to he gets overstimulated? Yes. And he starts wheezing. Yeah, he'll start like wheezing and kind of like honking. And then he also does like snore and stuff. So he says this, he, he, he says the snoring's a different issue. Oh gosh. He doesn't want to talk about the snoring. <laughs> he, it's loud. He says it's sort of unbecoming. Oh, is it unbecoming? I think it's cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says, well, you like every, you love everything about me. God bless her. That's true. <laughs> but he, he, he thinks the snoring's unbecoming. It's sort of big. It sounds loud, like it's coming from a bigger dog and he's embarrassed. <laughs> he's not. Well, he, he is embarrassed by it. Does it sound like it's coming from a bigger dog? Uh, yeah, it's, Sometimes. it's definitely louder than you'd expect, especially from yeah. a breed like him that doesn't have a flat face or anything. <laughs> yeah. He's embarrassed by it, but that has, uh, that, that's like a different thing from his, his lungs, but it's combined. Okay. So I'm just, let me just think he's a rascal. He wants to go to the liver. Okay. But okay. His digestive tract has some stuff going on. He gets diarrhea. Yes. So much. Yeah. And so he wants the liver to block the colon and the intestines in my, the image I'm getting. He doesn't want to go there. Yeah. He's that's, oh yeah. He's got, does he have a parasite? Um, no, I, not that we know of, but he gets tests a lot. So I think we would know if he had a parasite. He, he just has a really, really sensitive stomach and we got him on a, like a raw freeze dried organic food that did seem to stabilize it. But every time he goes on a new medication, it throws his digestive system off like all over again. So, and then he has to go back on a bland diet and on like diarrhea meds. Yeah. Yeah. It wrecks havoc with his body. It's, it's, it's like, it's too strong. He's very sensitive. He said, but the doctors are really trying and you're re- you're all really watching it. Yeah. But he does, he doesn't like it. That is uncomfortable. He, he, he's tried to block this with this healthy liver. It, it's like when a dog has Jardia, he doesn't, I don't think he doesn't have Jardia, but it's that, it's that horrible is the cramping. It's the whole it's, it's the, the symptoms are very similar. Do you know what Jardy is? No. Jardy is a parasite that it gets like this runny stool and they just can't control it. And they, puppies get it a lot when they've had a parasite in, in bad water. It's in water. And it's just yeah. sometimes, sometimes there's a bit of vomiting, but it's just, it's just, it goes, it can go on for days and it's just unpleasant. And it's, so that's why I was asking about the parasite, but I can see that he's very sensitive and it wears him out when this happens. It's like he wants, he wants, he knows he needs the medicine, but it's like, can he have less of it? Whether it's spreading this, whatever the dose that the doctor, if the doctors can make an adjustment, I guess they've been doing that, but it's, it's really like specific, like if he's supposed to have what, four milligrams, you know, can he have one every other hour instead of one every hour? I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but he want, he does want to get his digestive tract stabilized because it's, it makes it, it does make him uncomfortable. It's, it's not a distress. He says it's an, more of an in, inconvenience. Yeah. He, he says it's a, it's an inconvenience to all of you. Yes. <laughs> so, so that he doesn't like, he, he, it's almost like if you didn't have to clean up after him and he said, then you have to bathe them, yep. the, the whole, the, in the towel, it's just like, so in, 
it's it's a bigger deal. That to him causes him more distress than the actual physical symptoms. You're laughing. That it's just so funny to me that you would bring up the towels because like when that happens and then he needs so many baths, we end up just with like a pile of towels that need to be washed in the kitchen. And like, we like run through all our towels. So, and it's just like, no one has a towel to shower with because like Harold used them all up. So that's just like so funny that you would mention the towels because that is like a a big part of this. (laughs) Well, yes, he says it causes conflict. There's not a lot of conflict in your house, but the cows cause conflict. Yes, I've definitely, I've definitely gotten out of the shower and there's no towels anywhere. (laughs) And he feels bad because he can't help it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's what shall we say? He, he, okay, Harold, here, Harold says it's an area, what his teachers say, it's an opportunity for growth. They say in the classroom (laughs) that he says is like an opportunity in your home to alleviate stress and tension and he's doing what he can, but if we could, so he says it comes back to adjusting the meds. And if you tell the doctors this kind of detail, they will listen because doctors can get busy. And so they need their patients and their patients, people to let them know these kind of details because the dog that may have been in before Harold with the exact same symptoms may have may do just fine on the medicine to the point that towels are not an issue, but Harold creating a towel issue, the the treatment plan would probably do well to be adjusted. Something needs to be done because it should not get to the towel level. Yeah. And we have, um, like, I mean, I'm calling them like multiple times a week with like updates and like really thoroughly describing exactly what's happening. So we are in the process of, um, we've added in a, like a powder supplement for digestion. And if that's not working, we are going to start tapering off the meds that seem to be causing it. I wanted to take him off those meds entirely and just, but the doctor felt strongly that the consequences of that would not be good. So but it, because my feeling so, was that the stomach stuff was more unpleasant for him than what the medication is supposed to be preventing is, you know? So he says, he, he, he can't, the very first word I got about this was dosage. So if a doctor thinks that the med is important, then it may be. But Harold is saying, can we fix the dosage amount? You know, whether it's how often I get it. There's probably something there to use the word dosage. So there's that. Doc, you can go to a different doctor and you might get a slightly different opinion. Yeah. But the the word is dosage. I'm not saying take them off the medicine by any means. I'm saying check with a doctor about dosage and explain the towels thing because that maybe have you have you explained about the towels? Um, I mean, they know that like he Basically, they know that he like needs to get a bunch of baths and there's a lot of cleanup involved and that it's making him restless and he's uncomfortable and there's like some bleeding and stuff. So they know everything and we're working on healing his um, like colon and digestive tract right now and he is doing a lot better. But the problem with the doses is like the what the medication is supposed to be preventing is actually starting to get worse. So they want to increase the dose if his stomach can handle it. So that's kind of up in the air to see how he does over the next week, um, whether or not they feel like they can increase it so that it's actually doing what it needs to be doing. When was the last time he had cat food? Um, It's been a little while. The cat food definitely 
causes him problems. I think it's been like probably two weeks, but he like will not get into it again. Okay. Cause I mean, I had a dog that was very sick from cat food and, and it was similar. And, and my vet was like, you know, he, he could have died a little dog and cat and a lot of cat food. Cause I yeah. can be really bad. We called the vet so, when that happened and like told them exactly how much he had. And they told us like what to look out for. And he definitely for a few days, like was having problems because of that. And then he did. Um, and then he kind of recovered from that. Okay. So the, the word that I keep getting from his is dosage and like the friend with cancer, it's, it's between you and the doctor to agree. And at the end of the day, you're the one at home giving the meds or not giving the meds. So Harold's comment is dosage. Okay. He, and that's his big thing. It causes him more, more anxiety is the word from the towel situation and the mess that it causes. Mm-hmm. I hear he's like, he's not opposed to a, a doggy diaper. He does, he does wear a belly band that, yeah. So it's not a full diaper. Is it white? No, the, I mean, the pad liner is white, but he has a bunch of different ones. He's been wearing a denim one for summer. Okay. (laughs) Well, he's not opposed to that, but his biggest distress is the distress that is caused from when he has, oh gosh, he's like leakage or something. He, that, you know, what happens outside his body is more distressful to him than what ha- what's going on inside. That, yeah. he's adamant about that. He's adamant about that. He doesn't like the, he does not like the runny stool. Yes, that's uncomfortable. And can we fix that? Mm-hmm. But it causes him more distress that we haven't figured out the, like the treatment plan. We've got to get you a, a fresh fl- white fluffy towel kind of thing. Yeah. That's, that's more important to him. That's really important to him. If you're going to spend, you know, $25, he goes, get some more towels and get some really nice ones that you never use on me. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. That's from Harold. He says, thanks to me. I get some credit. Thanks Harold. <laughs> that's a bit, that's, that's a big deal to him is it, you know, from the beginning and his, his, his personality and his preference is, is, it's all about, we're a family. We've got this. We have to take care of each other. You get some towels. I get a treat too, since it was my idea, but he is, no, he's not, his, his distress. You asked, that was what you asked about was that is, is the, the treating of the digestive issues. Mm-hmm. So I see that you asked about, you know, as you said, there was a, a wide range of issues. I think he's saying there's a treatment plan medically that you need to figure out. Then there's the, like the household, like, where do you put me? He says, you can make a plan if I'm, you know, keep me in the kitchen. If I'm, exi- what does he say? If I'm exhibiting signs of distress, maybe it would be better to keep me in the kitchen or in the bathroom, close to the bathtub or, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's like, if we had a better plan, like a rational plan, like when you're in work mode, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, when we, when we have an issue, what do we do? So you have a household plan, then you have your Herald treatment plan and then the other issue. Okay. So his lungs, he can't exert himself too much. There is like his lungs are, they need to be allowed to work at their own steady beat, he says. Yeah, it's his heart. Like he, um, he has heart problems and I think that's what's mm-hmm. causing the breathing and the lung stuff. 
but he's, yeah, heart, heart problems are one of his major things that he came to us with. He's got some other issues that have come out since we got him, but that was like a pre-existing condition we knew about. So my hand, my left hand is moving, like pumping in and out when I started saying exerting. He can't overexert. That causes the distress to his body mm-hmm. is the overexertion. Oh, I guess that's why the stress of like the towels becomes a thing because that affects his heart a little bit. Mm. But he says all of that, like his heart and the digestion, he's got something with his eyes. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he really doesn't, does. <laughs> he doesn't see any of it as a big deal. Oh, that's That's good. why he struts. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't see any of it. He's like, I've lived a good life. I've gotten this far. I'm living in the lap of luxury, literally. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I guess he's, none of it is, a, is an inconvenience to him. He's, he doesn't want to be, he's like, he says, listen, I'm not a wimp. He is not I, a I'm wimp. A big, he is very, his, he is mentally very tough. It's his body that doesn't seem to be that tough. Oh God. Okay. So this is a bit strong, but he goes, but that his body, he's like, but that's not my issue. Mm-hmm. That bothers you more because people we do, we want, it, it's hard to see anyone, a person or a, a, an animal suffering, but he says he's not suffering. He says he has moments of inconvenience and distress, like when a person has a stomach ache, yeah. but he says it's not going to keep him home, like having to take a sick day. <laughs> Even if he's homesick, he says it's not to him. It doesn't count. Like it doesn't, he doesn't count it as a sick day. Woe is me kind of day. He's grateful for every day. That's so cute. Yeah. It makes sense. So one of his pre-existing issues is it's not an issue, but he's totally blind, but he, people don't know he's blind because he's so confident and he doesn't care. (laughs) So unless you see him knock into something, you would never guess that he doesn't know where he's going because he has that strut. Yes, he does. And it's funny because when I see his, his eye, I mean, I see, can see in the pic, I didn't see in the picture that he was blind. He doesn't look blind because his eyes are big, Brown. We can, I'll put a picture in the show notes. He, his personality is so strong and his energy field, like that's why it's so hard to get into his body because his spirit is so big. Yes. So I'm going to ask him what else would he like us to know? And he goes directly to what he would like you to know. Okay. Margie, he wants you to know. Well, first of all, that he, he loves you. You've been doing a great job. Do not be hard on yourself that he goes, I know I'm somewhat of, he uses the word enigma. I see the (laughs) word spelled out. Have you ever called him an enigma? (laughs) He says he's somewhat of an enigma, like a, he's, then he's explaining it like a puzzle. If you don't know what enigma is, he says, I'm like a puzzle to figure out. That's true. Health-wise. There's many pieces to me. They people, oh, I guess someone was, fr- someone in a previous who had him, it was frustrating to figure it all out. And, and someone was like, I, I love him, but I can't deal with him. And that's why, yes. I guess, so he was, he, he was in a nice, like foster situation. 
Yes, he was. Um, I, I don't know much about his life before he was surrendered to a pound. And then he went to a rescue briefly. And then he spent six months at the rescue where I got him from, which they're wonderful. They took great care of him. He was with a lot of other dogs there, which was too stressful for him, which is why they didn't keep him. But um, they, they were wonderful with him. Yeah. He's, he said it was, he's like, it was stressful for me too. I don't do dogs, Yeah, but he, so he, he's, he, he said it was fine, you know, but he was a handful for people to care for because he did have these different issues and it was just hard to figure out, but he coming back to what he wants you to know, he likes, oh gosh, he says, you like a good challenge in figuring things out. So that's why we're a perfect match. That's true. And he's, (laughs) He said, he says that you're doing a great job. Oh gosh. He's, he want now he's like, he wants reassurance. He says, don't give up on me. You're doing great. But I guess he's saying, this is what he wants you to know. Don't give up on me, but it's not his fear of you giving up on him. It's you giving up on you and your ability to figure it out because it's a challenge. And he says, maybe that's a good thing. It's not for me to know but I'm a challenge for you and I want you to keep plugging through because we got this. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I would never give up on him. He was, his original owner did um, need to give him up because of all the different health issues. And he was misdiagnosed with a lot of stuff that he actually doesn't have at that point. But, oh, (laughs) I wouldn't. Yeah. It was so, it it was, and it was frustrating to whoever it was because it was this big puzzle and yes. It was you know, a lot. Like you're trying to get these meds sorted out. It, it keeps every, I just mentioned it, it's dosage. Yeah. You find a way and, you know, if the doctor or somebody there is getting frustrated, just there's someone who will help you figure out the right dosage. And I don't know what it is. I, I can say, check the C- CBD can mess with things if it's not the right one for a dog. Yeah. I mean, it can be dangerous. So you want to make sure that you've got the right CBD when you use it. So that's not triggering something with the meds that work. And you want to make sure that your doctor who's prescribing the meds understands all of this stuff about the CBD, which is hard when the, when there are different variations of it. Yes. So dosage, dosage, dosage is what I'm getting on treatment. Okay. That makes sense. And is there anything like you're seeing about, I'm so curious about his like 12 years before we got him and like what his life was like. I know the other person I talked to who does like animal communication just said it was like really bad, but I'm not sure. So a lot of people who do animal communication don't like going back because it's very hard. And, you know, we can't, like when I said like the lungs and the heart, but I didn't, I didn't come right out and say heart until later. Yeah. And then, so if I, if I say something, I don't want you to latch onto it. It, You, when I say something, you can find, you can associate with something. He said right away that he'd been to hell and back. So it it wasn't, it was not the best situation. Mm -hmm. But he, but he was in multiple situations. Yeah. We've, t- you've, we've talked about that. His healthcare, I got from him that it was a puzzle. It was an, an, and he's an enigma. I think that was frustrating. So even if a dog is living in a very caring home and someone all of a sudden healthcare issues 
become exorbitant high to treat, that causes a lot of stress for the family. And then sometimes there's conflict. Oh, do we do, do we go the $5,000 treatment plan or do we just put them to sleep? You know, you know, it that causes people have to make those decisions all the time. And we have shelters, people say, oh, we'll just take it to an animal shelter. And sometimes it works out great. And sometimes it doesn't. So he, Helen back, I think he was, I, I think he was probably in a place where he was loved because he has such a strong spirit that was nurtured mm-hmm. in some ways, but there was stress both because of his body makeup is sensitive. Yeah. That there was like household stress on treating him and the the cost of treating a dog and the decisions that go with that, that many people face and that are heartbreaking. So I think he, he's been through that. He doesn't like other dogs. He's probably had some bad ex- experiences with a dog. I mean, a, a bad experience with a dog can just be from not being socialized and walking down the street and a dog jumps to play and the the little dog is traumatized because yeah. it's like a giant looking in its window. So I, I, I don't know. And I don't get a sense that he was mauled or something like, which people think, oh, that's horrible. But sometimes it doesn't matter to the dog or the person. If I've never had somebody yell at me and then someone comes and yells at me, I might find that just as traumatic as somebody who's had you know, physical things. I I don't know what his traumas were. I don't see that. I think for him to say he's been through hell and back, he doesn't like the uncertainty. I can tell that's about as much as I'm getting. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. He, he hates to be like home alone, like ever. So I think if anyone had him with a normal job, who was like out of the house full-time hours, no matter how much they loved him, it, it, probably would have been really kind of traumatic for him, even though that's not really trauma. Well, but that's, I mean, it's an important thing for anyone who has a dog is, is that there are some dogs that when, if you get a cute little puppy, you know, over the summer and, you know, you get a puppy and then everybody goes back to school. It's like, well, what's your puppy plan? Yes. You know, and everyone's gone eight hours and you just leave the puppy in the kitchen with some newspaper the dog is going to be a little bit like, Hey, what happened? Yeah. And so that, that can set up patterns of confusion and barkiness, or if it's gone from having people home all the time, and then suddenly I've got eight hour days and then you're frustrated, you know, you know, like we talked about the towels. So those, you know, seemingly minor traumas can build that a dog is suddenly not socialized. If it doesn't, if it's never been on a walk and then suddenly there are 10 dogs come barreling to it, that can be trauma to a sensitive dog. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to say. I have a dog that came to me as a foster at five months old and he had lived his entire life in the backyard. He had never been inside a house. He didn't know where to go to the bathroom. Uh, he just, uh, he just stand on the patio and go. Yeah. And we're like, no, don't do that. And, but he settled right into our house and it was, there was like no sign of trauma. And I was there all the time, you know, yeah. I was working from home. So 
it just, it depends on a dog in a situation, what a trauma can be or how they respond to, you know, people thought the dog had lived with me forever. There was no like three week adjustment period, but whereas other dogs might have that. Yeah. So Harold has moved into the lap of luxury. <laughs> he loves it. So anything looking back is going to be like, let's not go there. Animal communicators frequently don't want to go back there because it's very hard to see stuff like abuse. It's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Or like lost animals. It's hard to do that kind of work, but there are people who do it. But in terms of me figuring out a lot of specifics about his past, all I can do is ask Harold what he wants to share. And from the beginning, he said, I, I mean, when I didn't even ask, he says, I've been to hell and back and I'm in the lap of luxury. Can we just leave it at that? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Talking with the Dogs. Hope today's episode made you want to understand your own dog better and appreciate that every dog has a story and something to say. Subscribe now for more dog stories and insights into animal communication and what it's like to be a dog whisperer. Review this episode on Apple Podcasts or follow Talking with the Dogs on Instagram or Facebook and sign up for a chance for you and your dog to be a guest on the show. Whatever you do, I hope you'll spend time talking with the dogs.